Welcome to another episode of Videos Marketing Mastery. And today's episode is a fun one, and specifically for the healthcare and medical marketers that are listening. So some of our team has gathered here today to discuss what healthcare conferences can learn from fandom conventions. But first, some housekeeping. Are you looking for an awesome remote job? Because if so, Wirebuzz is hiring for a couple awesome positions. So number one, we're looking for a director of lead generation. So we're searching for a seasoned B2B marketer who can help align our sales team with our inbound marketing efforts to turn our website and content into an inbound lead machine. Um, and then second, we are looking for some sales executives. So hungry salespeople who believe in the power of video, animation, storytelling, and that want to help us chase after leads, close more deals so that we can do more amazing video work. Uh, and before we get into today's conversation about conventions, let's just kind of round robin with the team, introduce ourselves, say what the best part of Wirebuzz is and why you should come join us. Uh, so I'll start. My name is Kaysen. Um, I'm the lead strategist here. And my favorite part about Wirebuzz is 100% the people. So if you want to be part of a team that is, just, it feels more like family. We call ourselves a teamily. Um, that's definitely the kind of person that we're looking for. Uh, let's go to Alicia. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Alicia Longo. I'm a senior video producer at Wirebuzz. My favorite part about Wirebuzz and working at Wirebuzz is definitely the team, but also the stories that we get to tell and the clients that we have. Most of them are in the life sciences. So we get to tell a lot of important stories. We do a lot of product launches and such. So just the content that we get to work with every day. Hi there. My name is Chad Stafford. I'm the post-production supervisor here at Wirebuzz. And Case, and I'm going to piggyback off what you said. It's the people that we get to work with. And uh, I just feel really fortunate to be surrounded by so many creatives in their respected fields. It's uh, really rewarding to see the type of work that we get to produce and also the clients that we get to work with. A lot of times, like Alicia said, we're working in the medical field. So we know that what we're producing is going to have an impact out there in the world and potentially help someone in their life. Hi, everybody. I'm Meg. I am on the post-production team as an animator and editor. And I don't, kind of similar to what everybody is saying, honestly, I think one of the most exciting things is just creating, creating an animation, a storyboard, a video, um, any sort of marketing content is just really exciting. And also the team is just amazing to work with. I love the collaboration that we get to do every day. Hey, everyone. My name is Amanda McCara. I am a senior animator and editor here at Wirebuzz on the post-production team. And um, I'm going to do something different, okay? Like some of the things that I think we all value a good team, which clearly we have. Everyone's very comfortable with each other. But the things that I value um, are like organization and communication um, and timeliness and thoroughness. And that's a lot to say about a company because not all companies, even big companies, like work like that, you know. And we have a lot of greased wheels. And then the nicest thing about that is if you have ideas about processes or if you have maybe ideas on how things could change to benefit you and your team, you know, you're actually, you are heard. Um, you get a chance to bring that up with executives and and talk and feel comfortable bringing those in forward, which is really nice because it's not always like that wherever you work. And so those are some of the things that I really enjoy about working here at Wirebuzz. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that, Amanda. And 
uh, Celia, you are celebrating your one year anniversary. So <laughs> introduce yourself. What's your favorite part about Wirebus so far? <laughs> Hi, my name is Celia. I'm an influencer manager uh, for Todd Hartley, our CEO. Um, my favorite part of Wirebuzz beyond the team is just that I get to work entirely remotely. Um, and I work from Austin, Texas, where most of the team is in Arizona or other places across the country. And I think it's really nice when a team can be communicative and clear um, and hop on a call really quickly to just troubleshoot. And you don't all have to be in the same office to find that same level of success. You can do it entirely remotely in different times zones and, and states away. So I definitely um, value that uh, just beyond having a, a really cool collaborative team to work with. Yeah, I think it's definitely been something really unique and special over the past year or two, like with the lockdown and everything, how a lot of companies haven't been able to maintain that camaraderie remotely. And yet yeah. we've kind of like, we really did pivot to Prosper. We found our niche in this almost where it seems like mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that we're in different locations. We're all still just together. So it, it works really well. Yeah. Um, I, can I say something about that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that <laughs> I just, I, I mean, like it, it working remotely is like the biggest thing right now. And it's super important that we can do that while still, like you were saying, maintaining that camaraderie. But, um, you know, I chalk it up to our just good communication and the fact that everyone's like on top of their job, everyone's, you know, and trustworthy. That's a big thing too. Everyone's yeah. very trustworthy on this team. So yeah, everybody shows up, they play their part mm -hmm. and that's really what makes the magic. So uh, speaking of magical stuff, uh, mm. April 15th is National Anime Day, which is why we thought we would, it would be a fun conversation. And I know not everyone here loves anime specifically, but I think we all have a favorite comic book or animated series that we grew up with and kind of fits under that general umbrella. But I think Celia, you you are a fan of anime, right? <laughs> um, what do you mean? I'm just wearing my boys on my shirt right now. Uh, yes, I'm a big anime fan. <laughs> so what, what's your favorite series and like what what do you feel like has made it a binge-worthy story for you? Yeah, um, my favorite series is uh, Haikyuu. I read the manga when I was younger and then I got really into the anime. Um, the manga's finished and the anime, we're all hoping for another season, but I think one of its greatest strengths is it's actually, it's a sports anime. It's about um, specifically the Karasuno volleyball team and their path to try to um, make it to like the national stage, basically out of their small local tournaments and make it to uh, Tokyo to compete on like the world stage for them. Um, but on a smaller scale, like it's about sports, but it's really about like growing up and figuring out like how to take care of yourself and how do you advance and how do you overcome loss and and struggles and how do you kind of like forge bonds with strangers or how do you become friends with people you like that are technically your rivals and how do you overcome those differences so it's like about volleyball but it's also about like being uh, a kid and, and a human and growing up and actually meg and i the first time i ever came <laughs> out to arizona Immediate best friends we became of you mm -hmm, we became yeah, yeah. best friends because we, we were bonded like, over it yeah do you watch <laughs> anime do you watch haikyuu and we were like <gasps> so also there's like a connection element of it um in person so it's so fun i don't even like sports I, I literally broke a bone. The only time I ever tried to play volleyball, I broke my foot. 
Um, but I, I'm obsessed <laughs> with Haikyuu because of what she said. It's so relatable just for all the other, you know, overarching themes. So, and I got my dad to watch it with me, a non-anime watcher because of the sports. So yeah, I was very proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, personally, I, I was never a big anime fan, but did you guys ever see like the show Beyblade? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like the closest video anime you that grew I up got. in the nineties. You couldn't get away from those commercials. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was, that was like my favorite show. And I just remember going to the toy store with my mom and actually getting one. And it was like coming home and like letting it rip. <laughs> and I, and I, I think for, for me, like my favorite shows, whether it was like Beyblade or like Pokemon too, like you go and trade the cards and it was, just, it was like an interactive element. I felt like I was part of that story or, or that magic, you know, that world really. Um, what about you, like Chad, Amanda, Alicia, like did you guys have a favorite animation series growing up? I, I absolutely love the Harry Potter lore and everything to do about the magical world of Harry Potter. Um, the, the one thing that makes it so awesome is that it's so detailed and so well thought out and well written and um, just very in depth that it, it immerses you immediately. Like you feel like you enter into a completely different world, which, you know, that's what really is. That's what all this stuff is all about. Right. Is escaping um, mm. the reality of things. And so that's why I love uh, fantasy films anything fantasy like um i also love disney movies of course who doesn't like some good disney movies some good pixar movies um a lot of the pixar movies the things that i like about them specifically is the messaging behind it and man can they like tug at your emotional heartstrings it just <laughs> i haven't cried so much as an adult <laughs> <laughs> some of these well, like all their stories movies. are so relatable because they pick such a human element and they like disguise yeah. it with you know fish or cars exactly. or like fantastical beings or fantastical places but they're always mm -hmm. based in a very human emotion and they know how to just get to it every single time yeah perfect how about you chad uh if you're watching the video feed uh it might be apparent that i'm a fan of a few things but if we were talking specifically anime growing up, it was kind of a difficult thing to come by unless you had like a hobby store or like a comic store that happened to carry manga or if you lived, you know, by a mall that had a Suncoast. So when Toonami came out on Cartoon Network, it was kind of like a childhood changing event because that brought in Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, um, Outlaw Star, all these different shows that like you wouldn't necessarily have heard of unless you were like in like into that sort of thing and like knew where to go to find it. Um, so I grew up with a lot of those shows and just absolutely loving the fact that most of the cartoons that were coming out that I was watching, you know, they were they were episodes that you could watch in any order because like there wasn't an overarching narrative. So then when anime comes out, suddenly there are there are storylines, you know, things carry over from episode to episode. And that was a good thing and a bad thing because like if i didn't run straight home from school you know and i miss an episode and have absolutely no idea what was going on in full metal alchemist uh the nostalgia, that would be a problem. dude the days before <laughs> on demand yeah it's so yeah. crazy to think about but so true 
but I think that was like the game changer. Like, oh, you can have this sort of short form content, you know, that's animated and actually have storylines, have characters that evolve and grow over time. And it's not like, you know, watching and it's no, it's no like fault on, you know, other cartoons that just do that because that's servicing, you know, their narrative purposes. But it was cool to finally see something that was like, oh, seasons, arcs, character development, character growth. This is great. Um, carried over into now, if I had to pick an anime that I did a deep dive to, it might be a little basic, but My Hero Academia, I like oh. dove in head first and absolutely love that show so to death. Good. So <laughs> it's good. so good. Um, if we were talking about non-anime stuff, huge Star Wars fan, that might be apparent if you're watching the video feed. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that Amanda was saying she enjoys Harry Potter, you know, it's just this sort of fantastical universe that has such deep lore that you could just do a deep dive and like never surface, you know, you could mm -hmm. just go down all these different rabbit holes of like novels, books, movies, animated series, games, like it has everything. And I think that's what we can learn a lot from these sort of, you know, these universes, these fandoms is that they diversify within their universe, you know? So, oh, you might not be into the books. Well, there's the movies. You're not in the movies. Here's the animated series. You're not in that. Mm -hmm. There's video games or there's collectibles. There's all sorts of things. So yeah, that's kind of why I enjoy this stuff. Good point. Awesome. Yeah, that's Pokemon for me. Pokemon always felt oh, absolutely. like they, they like the best parts of real life and then made it better. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the fact that it was the games and the show um, and the trading cards and it could carry over into school. When I was growing up, trading cards was always the big thing. And then also like trading on your Game Boy Color. <laughs> during you ban it from your school? Oh, you lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was huge. It was, it was, was banned day one. So. Oh, no way. Oh, no. Yeah. They, they let us have it during like free time. They knew they couldn't stop it. A fight they, broke it out over so a Charizard big. and a, and a Blastoise card trade. And <laughs> oh, uh, they, were, they were banned ever since from our school. I got mad at my brother when we were growing up and I fed uh, his holographic Charizard card to our turtle. And he will never Dude, that's forget hilarious. me. <laughs> oh my God. But that just tells you it meant so much to him. This one little piece of that's plastic. That's so plotting, like, dude. You fed it to I was, I was, in, I was an evil little sister. Okay. I don't even think he deserved that. But anyways, I digress. Pokemon, Pokemon nailed. I mean, to this day, um, as an adult, I will buy anything Pokemon themed. You know, they have me. So well, in Universal now is bringing it bringing it to the theme parks, yeah, but it's right. not going away anytime soon. It's just diversifying further. Exactly, yeah. Awesome, well, well, Alicia, how about you share your kind of favorite fan lore now? Yes, so my absolute favorite is definitely Harry Potter. Um, Chad, I see that you're wearing Hufflepuff yellow. Heck yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got my playing? pen on my desk, my oh, nails, yeah. my nails match. I have a notebook, um, but for me, I just, so I've read some of the books. I haven't read all of them, but I've seen the movies probably 300 times each. And for me, it's just thinking about that someone actually created this from like just their mind. Like she was on a train and just like started writing and just created this whole world. And the development of character for me is just amazing. I mean, it's about loss, love, loyalty, jealousy, like betrayal, it has all those things. Um, and for me, when I watch it, it just brings me comfort. And I think that's why I rewatch them so much is because when I watch them, I just like, it just brings comfort to my heart. And I know they just had the celebration 
like what was it Christmas morning they released it or yeah, was it Christmas? The, yeah. yes on HBO yeah like 20 20 year anniversary yes and I was just beside myself and it was just so cool to see them all come together but I think just the idea that someone created this and just developed this whole new world and to me it feels real like I when I watch it I'm like oh this place exists like this is it's just remarkable. So I think with the creativity and the actors and just the development uh, is just remarkable, honestly. Definitely I think creative. having the houses was such a success, like such a genius yeah. idea. Yeah. Because it's so fun. It, it's such again, a good marketing. It brings you into it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, where would well, I be if I was in this well, school? And, and I it's think so this similar is... to like the whole Pokemon argument, like who was your starter? Exactly. Which one did you Yeah, pick, having you a know? team to be on kind of brings you into it. But with Harry Potter, it's like another level, like... And the I, Hufflepuffs think, are very proud. <laughs> we gotta be. I am also yes. Hufflepuff, by the way, Team Hufflepuff. Heck yeah, three Hufflepuffs on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Well, I, th I think, you know, to kind of bring it back to the conversation topic, you know, we talk about, like, what house we're going to be in or, oh, who's your Pokemon? And that's very much, like, persona-centric strategy, right? Mm -hmm. When people, like, come to these conferences, you want to bucket them in a different, like, oh, what... What persona are you? What type of doctor are you? What type of surgeon? Like what customer mm -hmm. journey should you go down? Mm -hmm. um, so like in terms of, you mentioned like magical places and obviously the place where everybody goes and it's a little bit different with like virtual events now, but conferences. So when we think about going to a place and like immersing ourselves in this culture, obviously like there's fandom conventions or even there's like Harry Potter world or theme parks. So let's talk about like what really draws you over to like a booth at a convention or what draws you over to a ride? Like what is that most appealing thing that makes you want to go experience that? To be honest, going back to why it, I mean, it touches base on why I really love our company as well is, is the organization of their products. When I mm. walk up to a booth, if it's disorganized and I can't pick things out right away, you know, I, I'm immediately walking past it because I don't have time when there's all this other stuff to do. I don't have time to sit there and just rummage through a bunch of stuff that's not set out in an orderly fashion. Mm -hmm. And another thing that really draws me to booths um, are space and the ability to move around. That is something that's really important to me because, I mean, it is hard you know, you, you are set in a specific size booth, but you can really be smart about the planning, about the way you lay things out, your table out and all your products and whatever you're showcasing so that people can walk around and like, it, it almost is like a natural flow. You know, as humans, we naturally try and group things like marketing and houses and uh, as far as like Harry Potter houses and stuff, but you know, we, that kind of stuff, it, it you don't think about it initially, but when you do start to think about it, you're like, man, it was nice that I could walk in there and feel comfortable and like get around the stuff and and be able to chit chat with anyone who's like running the booths as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to think about because we talk about like user flow on a website, but it's interesting mm -hmm. to think about user flow in like a physical space. Yeah, People don't always like part of marketing oh, at conventions or theme parks they spend a lot of time especially at theme parks i know it's like a whole job just planning out like the flow of the crowd like where people should be and when and not having bottlenecks so that's that's interesting well, it's funny to think that you bring that up because space. you can you can kind of see that evolution 
if you use theme parks as like the specific, you can see that evolution of like, you go to an older park, like, like let's say Disneyland, for example, and the way that they space planned flow back in the day when it first opened versus how they do it now. Like you go into the Star Wars area, which is the newest part with Galaxy's Edge, and suddenly the paths are like four times the width they are mm. in like Fantasyland or Adventureland. And that's just like things have changed. You know, the, the way that we walk through things, the way that we experience things has, has changed. So it's like you have to kind of evolve with that. So if you try to like, I think there's this, there's this idea of when you have a booth, like I need to have all my stuff. Everything needs to be out. They need to be mm -hmm. able to see everything. But there's this, there's this overwhelm factor where mm -hmm. if you do too much, they're not going to see anything. If you try to show mm -hmm. them everything, they're not going to see anything. So it's so strategic placement. Like, exactly mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so it's it's nice to see that sort of evolution in that mm -hmm. sort of space planning and having things sort of have this natural flow and not try to overwhelm people but also wow them at the same time you you pick like one or two things that are iconic and you just like show off the best version of that because that's what they're going to leave with that's what they're going to remember not that you had if you use you know comic-con booths for example and i've been guilty of this myself when i used to booth like hundreds of prints everywhere and like shirts and mugs and merch and you know you're just trying to show everything like there's that there's just too much of it so just yeah. showcase what you have and and like amanda like you said in the most organized way possible because you can you can organize the chaos you can still showcase can. a lot absolutely by having a minimalist you know sort of workflow mm -hmm. so i think that's just so important so in terms of like swag and merch and that kind of stuff like what have been some of your favorite freebies at conventions or like what are some of your favorite things to like buy when you're at a theme park well i love a good gimmick if your booth has like something i, I could give you five dollars and you give me a fake coin and i can put it in like a little <laughs> vending machine and, and clack it around and wait for my capsule to come out and then i open the capsule and then it has a keychain probably of a character i didn't want but i will keep it anyway <laughs> I don't like causing problems, um, but I love a gimmick. If you have one on, on your booth, I'll be there. Um, I feel like too, like very specific, like people who have like a style, I feel like they're, I, I feel like now it's a lot more obvious, but sometimes there are times where you will, you know, will go to a convention and you'll see several booths and they're all like, they're like the same thing. Look, they all look very similar mm -hmm. or they're Sterile. like, they're, or yeah, or they have like drop shipped items, which is nothing wrong with drop shipping inherently. But when you're going to a con, I want to go support an artist who is like using their art, making their keychains, making cool things. I'm more inclined to go to a booth where they have, like Chad said, like six specific really cool good items versus mm -hmm. like, here's literally everything I produced in the last year. Hopefully you find something you like in the chaos. Mm. Have fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, rummage through the bins, like Amanda said. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Like, hopefully I find the character I like. I see you have them on your big wall of references, but uh, it's not organized like that. So, yeah, organization, but, like, cool branding. Um, yeah. I feel like even, like, these really small artists are getting better at it, like, on TikTok and stuff. But if I'm, like, following your account and you post something random and you're, like, or you're at a con and I can't be, like, oh, I know that that's that artist and I'm going to beeline over there because I want to see their stuff. I think you're really losing out on um, maybe some more of the like conversions you could get at an event if you're if you're not, if you don't have a brand identity. So, yeah, I, I think that brings up a really interesting point because I've gone to like inbound conferences like HubSpot's conference or like business conferences and people will be like, get on Twitter, start using the hashtag, start engaging with the convention. 
and people will be like sharing about oh I was at this booth or oh I'm here like at this panel that kind of thing so it's like if you have an app or you have a hashtag at the conference and you can create <laughs> that community engagement I think that's where that branding or like that instant recognition on the floor is crucial for a booth and I think it also works with like Disneyland because they have that app now it's like you can follow around and you can see like mm-hmm. what what the restaurant looks like as a little icon picture or like they give you these clues so you can it's it's more of a, a user-friendly map than like back in the old days where you just had the piece of paper and you were you were trying to figure out where things were going um you know the other thing that i i at least like is when you can like go and sign up or like they have like a here's a url and go follow it like if I go to a theme park, maybe I don't necessarily want to buy it there. But if I know there's like a Disney store online that I can go and find the size that I want or something like that, mm-hmm. just having that that flexibility of I don't have to carry it around with me all day, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm still going to get it after the fact. Um, yep. So yeah. I think I think that's kind of like a nice a nice takeaway that from conventions. Well, that plays kind of bouncing into off interactivity of... too. Like... Yeah with an app, it's interactive, you know, having an interactive portion of your booth, you know, we've had clients that have had what you didn't think they could have as an interactive element they did. And that like drew attention. It was almost like gamifying it in a way. And so like um, Adobe Max specifically, they do a fantastic job with their app, at least back when it was in person lately, it's been digital, you know, due due to the state of the world, unfortunately. But um, when they did have it in, in person, it was all on the app you had your classes on the app you could scan other booths with the app so like every single person at their booth had like a qr code or some way of scanning your badge so that they could send you information after the fact so if you didn't want to carry all these brochures and cards and you know business cards and other things like that you didn't have to you could just scan it and get all that information later which i think is phenomenal because if you're an attendee going through the conference center and you have like a bag of just goodies and and yeah. you know promotional materials and information do you really want to just keep adding like a hundred business cards to it or would you rather mm-hmm. get that information emailed to you or sent to you yeah. via the app mm-hmm. so you, you give them the option you know for those people mm-hmm. that like the physical element or if they want to have something that's digital because you know people have preferences so it's nice to be yeah. able to cater to it i do i i kind of want to bounce off of what you were you're talking about right now as well because i mean i absolutely don't mind getting digital information through like a QR code or, or something like that. But I mean, if you have a really catchy tactile business card, I will keep that. I mean, I'll see that there's been time and energy and money placed into a, a nice business card. Um, but the, the, the couple things I, when I've been at conventions before is um, getting a business card that had like a discount code attached to it which is really nice because it's also you know because you spend a lot of money at these conferences you just inherently do it's a shop fest essentially that's what it is (laughs) and um you know at a certain point you know you hit your budget or you spend more than you wanted to spend and you don't want to pay those atm withdrawal feeds that's in the convention center anymore (laughs) or you see like you know to what uh celia was saying like the art you see artists a lot of artists who have beautiful art and sometimes maybe you don't want to print you like that artist so much that you want like the actual original copy of of the piece um being able to take home like a card that has like some kind of discount code or gives you some kind of freebie with it like saying like yeah i understand you can't take it home now but like hey 
once you come here for a limited time, I'll have these things on discount on my website. And that brings you in further to uh, their branding and them as a, a business. You know, you, you go there, you click through their site, you end up reading the about me pages and stuff like that about our, about our team, about our business. And so uh, like, I, I do enjoy the digital aspect of it as well. And then you could just tie those two things together. It's also a great way to say, you know, what we were talking about with trying to have too much in your space. Mm -hmm. You can have all of your materials, all of the other merchandise or whatever you're trying to sell, whether it's a product or service, you can have all of those elsewhere, you know, and mm -hmm. you just pick what's what's going to be most enticing for the audience that you're that you're, you know, if I'm going to an anime convention, I would have different materials out relating to anime versus if I go to a comic con, I might have a more, you know, broad range of things. But if you have a card, or if you have the QR code, or however you get them into that funnel, you know, you could have all of those other items, all of those other things to sell, or to showcase on a website or portfolio or wherever you want to lead them. But it's nice to be able to just be like, I'm going to pick exactly what I think they're going to want. And then if they don't see it, I have the option for them to go elsewhere, whether that's printed on a physical item or it's digital. So I, yeah. I'm kind of playing off your, you know, like a coupon code. It's also great to send them to where all the other things are mm -hmm. just in case you didn't see what you like. People like options. Yeah. yeah. People, people, we live in a world where we have the ability to pick and choose now, you know? And so being able to have a few options, but not too many to where people do feel overwhelmed is, mm -hmm. is a nice thing. You know, you got, I got this, this, and this, mm -hmm. you know, you can pick from it. It's easier than like, you know, you go to a restaurant and you sit there and you get this massive menu and you take 40 minutes to figure out what you want to eat. Cause you're like, Oh, everything looks good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about being like very strategic about what you pick, mm -hmm. um, how much of it you, you take with you. Um, yeah, I think that, I think those things are, are important when you're wanting to like essentially hook someone, you know, we're this, fishing this, for clients. <laughs> this, this reminds me of something I did a few years ago when I went to a networking event and, um, I'm going to plug Moo, Moo, reach out to us, sponsor us. We can use your cards, but, uh, the, oh, <laughs> the Moo business cards, yes. so nice. So, so they're really nice cards and you can customize like what, like up to 52 cards per package because you, and like it's for free too. They don't charge you to like uh, do different versions. So I went to That's a conference insane. once and I was like, I'm gonna have fun with this. So I had four different business card backs. So when people were like, hey, can I get your information? I'm like, sure, pick a card, any card. And they were so, <laughs> they were so caught, caught off guard that I, I had that, but then, what it would enabled me to do in that moment was actually message test my own hooks because mm -hmm. I had yeah. four different things. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. let's see which one people go to and like the most. So it gives them the option. How do they want to remember me? Like what's the most memorable? It was like on the spot message testing. But if, so we kind smart. Of, if we bring it back to this idea, if you have, you know, multiple products at your booth mm -hmm. um, or like you're working with multiple personas at a conference, it's like, why do we only order one set of business cards for a company? Why mm -hmm. don't you order like a bunch of different things, almost treat them like trading cards. You like go and you pick them up. It's like a nice little, even laminated <laughs> funny thing. <laughs> and they, they so take, whatever, smart. They, take whatever they want. It has a QR code on it. You drive them to that page, but now the whole like messaging and persona journey is like tracked on the back end. 
So now I'm now I'm geeking out about like <laughs> how we do this stuff. But <laughs> just something as simple as like offering different color options or different patterns, or even like you don't have to get crazy with it. You know, mm -hmm. just giving people options is fun. Yeah. So I I think to round out this conversation, like if there was one thing that really stands out to you, what what makes the difference between like an engaging experience versus like just kind of a booth that fell short. Yeah, I, I think if there's demos at the booth, like if I can sit down and try something right then and there and have that experience and someone walking me through it, I love that. I'm also like big on freebies. Like I love mm -hmm. swag and like if sweatshirts, water bottles, backpacks, whatever. Um, so I would say having the ability to like do a demo of your product and being able to try it right then and there. And then any like free swag that you can hand out just to like stay like top of mind for people. So mm -hmm. also say for me, if there's not a human connection component, uh, yeah. I'm alive. It falls a little flat for me. I want to be able to talk to someone if it's an artist, if it's like a small business, if it's like a panel of people and like you're walking through a line, like I want to be able to have like the moment to be like, hey, like I really love your work. Tell me more about it. Or like, how long did it take you to design this? Or like, wow, this is like so complicated. I'm impressed by like your craftsmanship or I'm impressed by the products you offer, the services you offer. I want to have that moment to like geek out and connect. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't think that, that is just an exclusive uh, thing. It's the same thing, honestly, like even when I'm in like a coffee shop or I'm at like a work conference or I'm at like a, a film festival or whatever, I wanna have a moment to actually have like a human to human connection because mm -hmm. for me, that's going to stick in my mind longer than like just grabbing like someone's card off, off of a table, buying mm -hmm. something from them and then running off into the distance. I agree with that. Like approachability is everything. Um, and you, so you have to pick people to run your booth who are going to be very comfortable just talking to a, a, a plethora of different types of personalities and different people and who can really, you know, get down into a discussion <laughs> and have fun talking to someone. Cause there's nothing worse than when you get somewhere at a conference and they're real salesy Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that turns me off. I, I mm -hmm. don't, you know, I'm, I want to talk to you, like Celia was saying, make that connection and not just tell me like why you got all the stuff and you want to sell it to me. Like, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, give us a chance to geek out together, no matter mm -hmm. what topic it is, you know, having mm -hmm. someone that can sit there and have a quick conversation with you and just be like, yeah, you know, we got all this stuff. If you want more information, you know, you can contact us and we can get into a more in-depth conversation about whatever, whatever it might be. And that is super memorable. And then unique uniqueness, like you were saying, Kaysen with the cards. <laughs> if someone did that to me, I would never forget that. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, that's cool, dude. Like, <laughs> let me take another one. <laughs> you know, I think, so I think, I think when, one thing. Uh, talking about memorability that we didn't talk about, but it came up for me when you were just talking was like, you guys use the word moment. And when I think about Disneyland, or I think a lot of, about Comic-Con, there are picture perfect moments where you mm -hmm. have characters that like your kids go take a picture with, or like you go take a picture next to like the cosplay Groot or something like that. And I think about healthcare conferences, it's like, how funny would it be if like a kidney was walking around handing out lemonade? <laughs> 
Like <laughs> that is funny. But like you, you would remember that. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Or like you take a picture with the tumor. It's tumor time, or like something like that. I mean, <laughs> like like they're just people aren't doing that. But I think like that's the kind of just like memorable like human moment. Like we all like to laugh. Like let's let's break the ice um, and not try to sell, but just like try to like make people smile. Really engaging. Yeah, you're there to engage in people and like you know reach people it's not mm -hmm. necessarily all about selling at a conference it's about reaching people and getting your word out to people mm -hmm. so i mean you might leave a conference if you are selling a product you might leave there not selling it in that moment but you might snag people who will be lifetime customers of yours or mm -hmm. um will talk about you to other people and that's, that's the huge. biggest thing mm -hmm. word of mouth and being able to give a good review by you know hey I use this product all the time. It, it works for me. It's great. Like, you, you know, you get people who are fanboys of certain things and they will just tell, talk, try and convince you that it is the best thing in the world. And, and those are the people that you want. You want to create that fan base mm -hmm. for your clientele, you know? And so it's all about the getting people excited and the hype being different, mm -hmm. you know? So I think if I, I had to sum up our conversation in a few bullet points. So number one, make it immersive and interactive. Number two, understand your user flow, not just from the perspective of the personas that are coming up and flowing to your booth, but how they're flowing around it. Um, number three, do something unique, stand out, make it memorable. Number four, keep the conversation going after the event. So have mm -hmm. like a little card, a little freebie, something that they can take with them and never forget you. Um, and then number five, make it human. Don't sell, just be present. Um, because that's the connection that somebody will take with them and remember you when they are ready to buy. Um, so with that said, you know, I think we had a great conversation today with a lot of marketers in the healthcare space with some food for thought. Um, and as always, to anybody listening to this podcast, if you need help with your medical marketing, you need help with your booth loops, or you just need help aligning your sales and marketing with video, Wirebuzz is here for you. We can't wait to be your best friend in growth. Can I get a boom? Boom! boom. boom. boom.